Welcome back to another episode of Like Dragon, Like Sun. My name is Jack Outway. And I'm Jay Outway. And this is a father-son D&D podcast. Yeah, we are looking back at old editions, comparing them to new editions, talking about... Mostly talking about the new editions, though, let's be honest. Yeah. And how there's never been a better time to play D&D. Um, Until they release 60. Six, uh, I'm looking forward... No, I'm not looking forward to that. Just stick with it. I, I tell you, I think we're okay with where we are right now. Um, but they're filling it out. They are, they're fletching out D and D more and more all the time. Um, at the point of of the recording of this podcast, uh, recent news includes uh, Wizards of the Coast buying D and D Beyond, uh, bringing all that digital st- tool set in. And let's face it, we we live. Uh, and die by that tool set oh uh, for sure you know we and we own paper things as well but the digital tools make character creation and campaign planning so much easier yeah um and and now uh this week which uh something which has been teased for some time is the return of a setting known as Spelljammer, a futuristic fantasy yeah it's it's uh not strict sci-fi no it's science fantasy uh Mm. in fact it's very low science actually um i mean you are welcome uh to bring you know guns into your game if you want um and you could do that to whatever level you want doesn't have to be like laser guns um robotic stuff as well a little bit but it's it's still fantasy like you still Mm. you know the ships that you cruise the astral sea and wild space in look like ships um like regular ships I or mean, crazy sure. snail you, ships yeah and... nautilus type things or whatever you want them to be um and and you know you still fight with swords and things you're more like it's more like buccaneers it's like pirates of the caribbean sort of style play but you know with a space element sort of to it which allows you to have mm. weird and wonderful alien creatures um some of which we looked at last fall when unearth arcana came out with uh, little hints at all of the uh, new things like Hadozi and Three Crean and Plasmoids and Autonomes, Astral Elves and GIF, and I think I may be forgetting one. But anyways, uh, all of those are going to be in Spelljammer. Yeah, and the way they're doing it, because usually they just sell single books. They're doing a three-book collection sure. that they're selling you. Although it's important to remember when they they announced this as well, they're saying that the the each book's sixty-four pages. Oh right, so there are so like three it, short books. Honestly, that could be one book. Yeah, I don't they, know. I don't know. I mean, well, the one thing about having three books like that with three right. different sections is that as a DM, especially if you're paper-based, uh, you essentially can have three tabs open at once. Right, you can have three the books open to three well, separate can sections. Do and, that normally with it being one book. I know, but you're flipping back and forth with like bookmarks between pages. And sometimes it's nice to have, especially if you're looking off a, a certain table or things oh, like sure. that. Oh, sure. If you're using physical books, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Physical books, you can have three of them open in one place at on your, you know, in front of behind your DM screen. Oh, and actually, the box set does come with a new DM screen as well, which is kind of cool and a big map, double sided. I think one side is 
looks like a city of some sort. It could be, uh, for those of you who've been around for a while, it could be the Rock of Brawl, uh, sure. which is a famed starting point in old Spelljammer. Um, it might be something new. I don't know. Uh, and uh, at the other side of it, it looks like it's probably set up for some space combat between your ships, maybe, mm. or your ship and big, you know, scary yeah well it looks like sure, there's the ad adventure guide which is like tells you maybe how to go between realms and do the spell yeah, jamming and the absolutely whatever and, and, and i am the, looking forward to this like yeah. it needs definitely the second edition and it was a long time ago and it was a little wonky and it could definitely use sort of a, a definite a 5e sort of polish clean it up make sure. it easier to use simplify the you know flying of the ships and whatnot and actually, I'm really hoping that there is some decent uh, rules in there for ship-to-ship -ship combat. Very true. Well, what will you be fighting, besides maybe other ships, as well as creatures? Yeah. Well, things right? are going to try to board your ship, or at some point your ship's going to pull up at an exotic location, a new planet, an asteroid, mm. something. And assuming you're and not ready to throw Astro Dreadnoughts at your level one party. Oh, yeah, no. Um, I think Boo's Astro Menagerie is the next section if you will the next book um which contains all of the different monsters but some of them have been released early as sort of a teaser um for those that sign up with a, an account in dnd beyond or in in i don't know com or some other location um and as a result it gives you about 10 is it right one two uh, 10 new creatures ranging in cr value from uh one eighth to CR 16 um, so all sorts of all sorts of options for you um, and they range from large to small pretty unique um, and perhaps not even necessarily has to be spell jammer creatures is my favorite part about it you could put a lot of these almost anywhere you wanted to um, which I, I, I like quite a bit do you want to go through those or is there any other preface to this oh, I, I, I was uh... I was hoping we could maybe, you know, for listeners who may not know. Oh, know what Spelljammer even That is, maybe we right? could back up just sure, a sure, little bit. So you're going to hear, okay, we live, in a, we live in a time where the word multiverse is, is used a lot. In fact, I think multiverse may be the 2022 word of the year. Um, we've seen... Multiverse. We've seen Spider-Man doing multiverse stuff recently. Oh, we got, okay, sure. you know, Marvel's all but been about the multiverse for a while. Twenty two, though, is it? Well, and now I mean, oh, well, Spelljammer's coming out. Doctor like, Strange, right? Yeah, Doctor Strange is coming out with a multiverse thing. We've now got, um, you know, there's a new D and D actual play called Legends of the Multiverse, well, and Spelljammer's going to, you know, and uh, you know, this. I just feel like this word multiverse. Everybody's gotten so used to it now. It's like, yeah, yeah. But I think the D and D and the Spelljammer. Um, use of multiverse is a little uh, a little different because it's it's not just about jumping from dimension to dimension, which is kind of what it's about going from setting to setting, right? Yes, well, exactly. And so in Spelljammer, you want to sort of treat you you can you can put whatever plane what would have been a plane of existence before you can make that just like a world. Now you can put you know, and you can have, you can have vampiric, gothic horror worlds, and you can have, uh, you know, worlds that are post-apocalyptic, you know, crin worlds. You can have, you know, whatever 
settings you want to put in there or you can make it all just more spacey racy whatever uh it is a very flexible setting in that way um but the idea is that you use the ships to to travel between these things and you have space adventures along the way um you can be a little bit more exploring the wonders and mysteries of of space encountering things that no one's ever encountered maybe before or whatever and there's definitely loads of room in here for cosmic horrors lots of you know cthulhu-y eldritch type spooky things hmm. um and we'll get back to that in a minute because uh, i've got some more ideas on how we can boost this up or what i'm planning to do when i run this later this year oh i see um but anyways yeah so second edition i think came out i made some notes on this before it's like it's late uh late 80s like 1989 i think it the first time the box set was released yeah uh and i kind of remember seeing it on the shelf it was about the time that second edition's rolling out and we were buying some of the second edition books and things um and i remember seeing the cover for it and it it just didn't i mean we it just seemed like we had enough other sci-fi games going at the time because uh, we were playing a lot of different RPGs, that mm. Spelljammer wasn't one that I rushed out and and bought or put a lot of time into. I had I had Gamma World for my science fantasy, you know, tie-ins with D and D, and we had other things. But so I only sort of played it a couple of times uh, through other people. But um, there were things that we kind of stole from it a little bit um, along the way. Hmm. the idea um of the idea of being able to travel uh across the astral plane uh or what in astral it was sea. astral sea was it called realm space or sometimes wild space uh and i'm not sure which of these terminology we're going to hear i think it already says use. it says wild space wild space yep um so we're seeing wild space in the astral sea i think show up a little bit more i think i don't know if we're going to get the same so in the first one there was like between realms like realm space was the space sort of between these crystalline sort of spheres uh -huh. right and each of the spheres had its own little world kind of within it um and i don't know if they're going to keep doing that uh i remember there used to be like a 10th level spell where it was like cross sphere or like break sphere or create sphere like some yeah. like crystalline and you could universe do like things basic creature and little like your own little addition to the multiverse or like try and surpass the barriers that come with interdimensional travel um mm. yeah i don't know yeah well i guess we'll see um there's an announcement for the rock of brawl as well with that is that like an old school yeah so second edition thing as well rock rock of brawl was like a little pirate haven uh and it it showed up in a number of different i mean i say a number there was only like really a handful of modules written for it um for Spelljammer, and it did show up in a few different places but this is like okay so 1989 is sort of peak 1990 sort of second edition is sort of peak uh tsr so at this point it's a big company and they're making a lot of products but they're kind of not really run very well and there's like Spelljammer stuff that's being made in-house and by run by freelancers and they've got conflicting rules that come out and there's a bunch of sort of things that kind of go wrong with it um mm -hmm. 
but yet it still has you know it has a number of fans and friends you know who of the game who who continue to play with it for a while um but as it moves into third edition and stuff it really just you know it kind of dies uh it goes away people don't it doesn't get any updates or any sort of um really new i mean they've moved a few races and stuff uh the Neogi get moved in th- into 3.5 uh, at some point. Um, I know the Neogi. They're in 5e as well. Uh, yeah. Neogi hatchlings and things like that. Yeah, so some of that stuff was born in, in Spelljammer um, and kind of made its way across. Um, fourth edition, Spelljammer uh, homage appears in the Manual of the Planes. Sourcebook highlights Spelljammer ships uh, as one method of traveling between planes. Uh, but no know, real like huge setting thing and then we like and then we do actually see we do see right from the beginning of 5e when we get um we get the yawning portal and the dungeon of the mad mage in water deep sure is there a nautilus there is yeah. you get down there there suddenly there's like a spell jammer ship and an illithid captain um and you're like okay so right from the get-go that's there and then recently we've been seeing you know, boo the miniature giant giant spa- space, space hamster, hamster sure. uh, showing up. And there's always, I sort of feel like that we've, we've seen this sort of like revival that this was going to come. And I think it's going to tie together. There was a number of sort of like said fragmented things. Um, Planescape was one, Gamma World. There's a number of sort of ideas that kind of mishmashed, uh, you know, around before. And I'm kind of thinking and hoping that for fifth edition this this one setting ties it sort of all together brings all of that sort of spacey science fantasy stuff into one home Mm. yeah i I think that'd be that'd be cool to see uh as well as just the fact that so many new worlds are coming out i mean even with the announcement of dragon lance yeah and now also you know eberron and uh in in tasha's i think there was a spell called dream of the blue veil which almost like maybe people doubt, oh, I don't know if Spelljammer will be a thing because it's a, a spell that lets you traverse between the different universes, the different D&D setting, campaign settings. Um, and so the idea that a spell fills the roles of, of, of these huge ships and the danger of crossing wild space, you know, what is even the purpose? Oh, there's still apparently potential there, despite the spell dream of the blue veil the thing about that i think is you need what a level is that spell it's eighth level and you, right. maybe it's seventh and you need an item from the like yeah. universe you're traveling to sure. and so you can't just as a party go we're going to everon you know like you can't just but it, choose it to could do that. it could be a still thing i'd have in spell jammer for higher level characters if you know you needed to teleport oh, somebody sure. to another level. place really quickly it could Fair be enough. it could be a plot device of some sort um, <laughs> like the split up the party between D universes oh god how, yeah how do you find each other again i don't know you just have to find another dm and run two separate small games until they another reunite. night of the week that the other the second group gets together and alternating weeks i don't know that's crazy um I don't know. That's actually not a, a funny idea, actually. The idea of um, even just in a non-spelljammer idea of two single-player campaigns being ran simultaneously, with the players not knowing what's happening in either, knowing that their goal is to find one another, um, but no, having no idea about how they're going to do that, um, being worlds apart. That's actually a really fun idea. I might steal that. 
Mm, yeah, that's, that sounds like a fun idea. Well, what has this culminated into now and recently? Uh, a quick teaser, I think, that tipped everyone off that, okay, we're probably going to get some sort of spell jammer, even if it's small, was the Unearthed Arcana for 2021 called Travelers of the Multiverse. Yeah. Um, they've, you know, Unearthed Arcana, lots of stuff coming out. Um, and one of those things was a bunch of race options for a spell jammer setting. It does, I don't think it specifically says spell jammer, does it? No, they weren't going to leak it too much but i mean it had perkins and crawford's name at the top of it and they were very clearly like this is highest level stuff that they were running out this wasn't going to be a supplement like you know this is not like some other side thing being released this was going to be this it felt like big league sure Uh, and in fact actually all the unearthed arcana lately seems to be that way like it used to well, you of, see the current stuff as well a while back. You're like, all right, they're going to do Dragon Yeah, I mean, Lance, and right? it's like it, they really are putting out just the stuff on Unearthed Arcana now that is coming. Mm. Like, they used to play test all sorts of various sort of strange side ideas and things. Unearthed Arcana used to be full of things that they were just trying and never that never then showed up anywhere. You know what I mean? Um, where now everything that they test is kind of shows up. I mean, maybe not in the same form. They tweak it or things a bit, but... Um, mm. But there used to be like a mystic ar- in Arnath Arcana that never showed well, yeah, up anywhere. Never showed up anywhere else. There was, you know, th- different fighting fighter style. There was a whole bunch of things that they, they just don't get. Used. I, we used to get excited about seeing Unearth Arcana show up because it was like, oh, here's some fun new sort of Maybe not totally legal ideas, see. but but you know, some fun and different home things we can work into a homebrew setting or something. Uh, so, anyways, it, this this is real now this is um, yeah real yeah um so we can look at so you can go back and look at that unearthed arcana and we did do an uh, actual deep yeah, dive yeah we did do a deep dive on all fall. of the races there yeah uh so if, yeah i mean that's your best sort of place to go to look for well your second best place to go look for teasers there is actually official monster content out now as well there right? is yes there was a released i think along with the D direct that was recently announced a free compendium of 10 creatures that are perhaps from Spelljammer, one might say, but I think perhaps for many different settings, which I would be happy to include in many of my different games, despite not being in a spacey, like, you know, science fantasy setting. Um, first of those, if we want to go alphabetically, would be the Asteroid Spider. Is there like a two-second edition version of the Asteroid Spider? Or know. is it a, a new invention? Because I have a feeling some of these are probably pretty new. Yeah, um, um, I don't know if... Uh... Essentially, uh, its deal is gargantuan, makes itself look like an asteroid, and then... Oh yeah, it has been around before. ...reveals itself to be a massive ten-legged spider that yep. uh eats your ship yeah it was around before um and i think it, it's legacy maybe there's like some sort of like oh i know the, that thing um which is why they maybe included it as just a, it used a to nod. build webs between asteroids i think it still does that yeah it can once per day it can um, weave a magical web around a spell jamming ship within 120 feet of it um, suppressing the spell jamming helm, and that gives you maybe a little mm. hint that the helm has got a, some sort yeah. of big deal well, to it. I um, think um, Sandy Peterson's got this in his Cthulhu Mythos as well. The asteroid spider. It's called something a little bit different, but there is big spiders in that one. That looked like as asteroids. well. I was going through the other day. 
Um, that's actually another place that I'm, I, I mean, I'll just mention it again here, that I've been looking at uh, a book that we've had for a while. It's been out for some time. Uh, it's 5e. It's designed to go with 5e, but it's not. Although I think there's a, some big flaws with it. Yeah, but it's not officially can't you know canon and it's a kind of an interesting weird setting to like thing to run it's it uses all the cthulhu lovecraftian sort of uh stories as well as you know other stories written in around his time that played with cosmic horror to you know bring a bunch of those monsters and creatures into dungeons and dragons and um yeah i, I guess some of again, it's pretty high level if you don't stuff. want to play call of cthulhu yeah my issue with it is that one it makes makes a bunch of player races and I don't know if, if someone's introducing yourself to a setting of cosmic horror, I don't know if the best way to start is to have everyone playing little zoogs and yeah, dream cats. I, I agree. I, I feel it breaks the horror a little I, bit. I mean, I are, why are we agree. scared of these things? We are these things, you know? Um, I think it's a different approach to the story, which would be really interesting. But I just don't but think it it's, is it's really it is, what you're I mean, putting for. that stuff aside, it or is full of a, amazing bestiary of cosmic mm. horrors, of eldritch beasts really detailed write-ups of all the different and huge, art and amazing artwork things going on. artwork spectacular the one criticism though is you're probably going to be having to run a really high level campaign where none of these things are sure. beatable and maybe well, that's a part of the adventure maybe that's that part gotta, of it as well but i was also thinking that some, some escaping, of them might right? some of them might be things you could fight with your ship sure perhaps i think that again trying to cannons on board your ship maybe that's doing more damage than uh maybe than your sword would so maybe but some of these like write-ups are in like abilities they have is like negates all damage can't be killed reflects everything well they are are like it's anyways there's something about the idea of trying to fight cthulhu that doesn't really work you know but Um, there's lesser things in it it's not all just the 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 greatest oldest ones but it is neat to see that in the spelljammer monster book here a lot of the creatures that are being presented already have a cthulhu-y eldritch horror sort of vibe going with them um in fact cthulhu's name's even mentioned a little bit further down oh is it yeah um is it in the eldritch lich yeah, just we'll get to that. Yeah, so before that is the Clockwork Horror. Sure, and you know this adds us, gives us a nice little spacey, you know, robot gone rogue sort of vibe to it. You know, I think both the Asteroid Spider and the Clockwork Horror are like kind of feel spell jamming, very spell jamming specific to me because their abilities just straight up say spell jamming in them. Yeah, um, I think a cute little feature like a it has it's more of a, a negative thing is that and i like this for a lot of constructs is that if you cast a spell magic on them they have to make a, a save or fall unconscious i think it's a fun idea to run with iron golems as well is to try and shut them down you know these big huge hulking monstrosities with the you know uh dispel magic that just temporarily you know sends them into the sleep mode before they wake back up um, for bigger CR, you could have them repeat the save every turn. Or again, it would just be a one-turn sort of go sleep and then comes back up um, extra mad. I don't know. I think it's a cute idea that I might steal for some other creatures. Um, the thing someone pointed out to me is that its lightning jolt is way better than its rotating saw. Um, its rotating saw does four damage on average. Its lightning jolt is way better range and does D10 damage. Um so it can make two rotating saw attacks, which I guess if it's in close or trying to, you know, pierce apart some sort of 
try to do slashing damage or something, I don't know. Or it can stand back and just hit you with its way more deadly range option, which, if anyone understands some dynamics of combat, is often the better option. Um, I don't know. Sometimes you are forced into a bit of a corner or you got to get it close. If you want to attach yourself to a spell jamming helm, um, I don't know. I think it's a cute idea. One other thing that I think is interesting about it is that it can break attunement. I've always wanted some sort of thing that maybe a part of its whole deal is that it can break your attunement or like at least contest it or suppress it yeah. for some time um, to really put high-level players with lots of magic items on their toes. Not all the time, but like maybe one sort of fight, just like anti-magic cone, which can be very oppressive. Um, instead of canceling spells, I think just, you know, you don't have all your fancy toys. See how well you, you face off against my monster now um, when you can't do any magic damage against it. I don't know. I think it's cute. Um, other thing, one small thing, its languages are three cream. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. And Zeke-lite, which I think maybe it's is like a bad. It's so nice to see new languages. And so you I and I have talked about, about, we could almost do a whole episode on why we think, you know, languages are not really used very, utilized very well in 5e and sure. how it could be done better. But mm. yeah, you're going to see in this setting bunch of new languages but also things that come up way more commonly now uh things like deep speech is going to be way higher on your list of of uh languages you might want to take sure um sorry our our familiar is being so just a wee bit of an attention seeker hasn't had his hasn't had his 50 gp incense components today uh, and so a part of um Another, another thing that I'm really excited about that's not at all necessarily Spelljammer specific uh, is the Eldritch Lich. Um, instead of your boring old undead lich, you can now give it a bit of a cthulhu spin. Uh, is this where it mentions bizarre old ones like Cthulhu? It yeah, is. yeah. yeah well, and right. I like in this one as well. You know, we've seen, we've seen recently in, uh, you know, the, the past year or so, um, we had quite a bit of fey... Mm. Um, Level on the witch light. Yeah, yeah. And so with that, you had, you know, common things like Misty Step, right? Which were mm-hmm. kind of fey-touched thing. Um, I love that this one, have you read three, read down? They, mm-hmm. Instead of calling it Misty Step, it's now called Far Realm Step. <laughs> I love that so much. It's like, it's the same spell, basically. Um, maybe a little bit further. Was Misty Step 30 feet or 60 feet? Um, oh. Uh, Misty Step was uh, 30 feet. This one is much farther. Yeah, it reminds feet. me more of the 5th level spell, Far Step, um, which is a concentration bonus action, 60 feet. Um, this one is a reaction where after taking damage, it can uh, move away from you um, to try and keep its distance, which it will use to then um, blast you at a distance with its Psychic Whisper. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Um the thing I like about the the lich is like usually they have phylacteries. This one has a parasite, um, and it's torso um, that contains its soul. Big so when tentacle. it dies, um, it implodes into the parasite, which vanishes into the far far realm. Uh, and then two to four days later, much like a phylactery sort of would do, the parasite causes the lich to reappear near where it died. Um, if it died inside a magic circle. It instead reappears as an um, Otug, which I think is a weird specific detail um, that has all of its, uh, contains all of its memories. Um, 
So, I don't know. It has to contain undead, though. Weird this thing is not an aberration. I thought it would be aberration, but I guess undead supersedes all. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the, you know, the great old one names below it, you know, we see Cthulhu show up as well as some other ones. Zargon the Returner. Uh, the thing I like about um, the Parasite is that it vanishes into the Far Realm, which could set up your next mm-hmm. step of the, the Spell Jam request. Okay, we killed the Lich in, who popped up again in Eberron. Next day, the little Parasite swims over to Forgotten Realms. Oh, I've got to kill them all over again now in the Forgotten Realms. Or, and just yeah, like, or, as or a again, way to hop between Or maybe settings. your first steps into Spell Jammer isn't completely dropping into all of these other mm, sort of sure. settings so much as trying to keep it in a sort of buccaneer space setting right. uh, of some sort. But yeah, you still keep running up against, uh, you know, Lich is always a, a pretty good high level, you know, bad guy. So, Oh, for sure. Um, or if you, if you, you think, Oh, I want a big bad or at least a pseudo big bad for my neck to launch off the next step of my forever campaign, um, kill the Eldridge Lich. Then, opens up a portal to the astral sea or they they find its its ship and they can hijack it to go and kill it for real in the astral sea and then uh uh-oh now you're into spell jammer moment um so i don't know cute options there a legendary resistance of course i i dislike this feature vehemently um I will talk about my dislike of legendaries. What? What? All right, come on. What is it about legendary resistances that bug you so much? Well, it's like it's it's like an excuse to actually fudge the dice, right? For real, for real. I mean, you think about a player trying something cool, right? If the monster itself doesn't already have amazing saves and you roll really low the the philosophy is, is as far as i see it is that you don't want your big bad to be stunned first turn right what i'd argue is give them immunity to the stunned condition don't give them legendary resistance Legendary resistance is like the ultimate no button to literally it's a big anything nope. your player tries, right? Yeah. Give them, think about, okay, what am I worried that my players can do that will derail my f- fight? Give it immunity to that specific thing, right? If you give it legendary resistance, it's four opportunities of you as a DM, anything the players try to say no, it doesn't happen. Just because that's what the creature would do because it has legendary resistance. Four times. Well, I, okay, I get what you're... What- it's had to fail the saving throw you, already. You don't have to like. You don't have to. You don't have to use all of them. The player has burnt their resources. They have whatever commode. They've set it up. They've used their turn as their action, and their spell slot and whatever to force this creature to make a saving throw. It has what well, the lich. It has against let's say my stunning strike. It has a plus seven bonus to its wisdom. I mean, if it's just stunning strikes that they're resisting, whatever. whatever. No, but no, no, I whatever. mean, it's, this it's is what more... people would actually be okay, saying sure. if they use legendary resistance right. for. Right, but I mean, they're dropping, they're dropping, say, a six, Even, let's six say level spell or something right? on it. I don't want to have him to turn into a little frog for polymorph because I want him to be a serious big old baddie, and my players can't do that to it. Okay, give it immun- immutable form. Give it some lore reason why it can't be changed shape right then it feels like there's some reason you've the i mean maybe your players still see it's you don't want this to happen they can respect that right um whereas if it's just it uses his legendary resistance the whole fight now becomes burning this thing's like ability to say no to whatever you try to do it has to one you have to set it up burn the resources it has to make it saving like it has to fail the saving throw it tried which again maybe you've got a high level campaign with people with really busted dcs 
Usually it's somewhere around like 15, well, 16, 17, I mean, unless you've got crazy Even if it makes items. saves on a lot of things, the ha you know, half damage well, is that still no huge. Well, no, no one uses legendary resistance for half damage. Well, that's just it. So the players are still, like, they almost want it to make saves because you can still get quite a bit. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I It's wait. just There's in a lot. unnecessary I understand what you're resistance. Saying. I understand what you're saying on this. Like, it's anything that really takes, you know, the wind out of the sails just with such an easy note without any other explanation i get why it's there i i i see it as like playing bowling with the little bumpers on yeah that's what i see it as well i sort of think that i mean to your point as well the if there's actual if ways that for them to level, have arcane or or some sort of knowledge of the creature right if they can get research and especially your big bad guy and that's why i like curse of strahd so much is the idea that it's you know doesn't just show up once but it shows up again and again and they learn they learn the stuff that it's you know it's immune to things that don't work on it but they also learn its weakness they learn whatever its secret thing is and they you know do side quests and things to find that uh you know that chink in the armor so that when they face it for the final fight they you know focus their fire on the thing that it, it's vulnerable to and they win yeah sure i don't know i think it's done legendary resistance i think legendary resistance it. is just really simple easy shorthand for beginner dms and people who've been, you know who don't have a lot of time to prep to just you know make monsters more tough it's i don't i agree it's maybe not the best thing but you know 5e's got a lot of a lot of real simplification things involved in it just to try and keep things moving to keep things simple um and it is a simple mechanic and because it's simple it's not great for storytelling i don't know i don't like it if i were to ever use legendary resistance I would give a player something back for me being like, sorry, your cool creative thing that technically would have worked doesn't work four times every single day. Four times. Oh, my God. It's so egregious. Why does it need it four times? Ugh. Even, so even if you have, like, all four of your players trying a polymorph, you've got a player party of four. That's pretty average, right? All of them cast some sort of effect that you don't want it to have. Just re think about this reasonably. It fails every single saving throw and still suffers no effect besides maybe half damage. Every single... Four times. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I, I get passionate about this. And this is why I wanted to breeze past it. But now we've heard my my hot take on why I I don't use Legend Resist. I choose not to use it. And that's the beauty of the game. You can choose to use it or you can choose not to use it. And I just choose to ignore that part of the character sheet um, or the, the stat block. Um, Parasitic Tentacle, though, is perhaps even more egregious, um, and it's kind of the same sort of rock grub kind of thing, where it just, if you don't beat this thing, it kills you instantly, uh, and you are irreversibly changed into a monster. This, this uh, folks at home, is becoming a whole episode on this lich. All right, go on. Tell me about Parasitic no, Tentacle. No, on, then. Um, it just, it does a 50 damage to you on a hit. Uh -huh. it, it then forces you to make a ridiculous con save, um, and is it safe to say that you're unhappy with some of the new monsters that are coming? Maybe out? I am. You know, maybe I thought it was cool, and now I realize this is definitely not a CR15 creature. Um, it's got. Was it made been just made 15 because of the resistances? You think, and then? Well, no. I think it's way higher than this. It has an attack it can do to you every round on top of using a spell, and then use its ranged 25 damage. Spell you know psychic you know damage thing to you so say on a turn uh you try and cast polymorph on it 
has legendary resistance, didn't work, whatever, right? It's its turn. Now it hits you with its parasitic tentacle. Um, with a plus nine to hit, 10 foot reach, it hits you. You take 25 points of damage. 25 piercing damage and another 25 necrotic damage. For a total of 12d6 plus eight. Sure. You then need to make a DC 17 con save, super high con save, or be poisoned. You shouldn't have got within 10 feet of it. What can I say? <laughs> Some people like playing melee characters. I don't know. Um, All right. So you're poisoned. You're poisoned. Which kind of right. sucks. That's, okay. Your attacks on it are going to be disadvantaged now. You know, whatever. Okay. Now, it can repeat it, save the end of its turn, and the poison. The poison's not whatever. It's fine. DC 17 is pretty hard. I've known battles, multiple battles, where people just don't roll well and they can't overcome the dc 17 they don't have good con saves there's nothing they can do to add a bonus to their saves they essentially need to roll a like a 15 percent chance or like a 20 percent chance that they get this right let's say it will be a 20 chance right you've probably got plus two on your one and four but if you fail three times and you get unlucky you die yeah you dissolve but if you guys are high enough level to be fighting this, somebody in your party is gonna is going to to save you. Again, I see a situation where there's Anyways, just frustration. It, it says you dissolve into a gibbering. Frustration melter. of being poisoned for three rounds enough after taking fifty damage alone is ridiculous. But if you fail a third time, you instantly die and turn into an enemy. Probably, can, I mean, unless like I don't I don't know the rules for true resurrection here. You gotta pop out one of those things to try and bring you back um because you are now a gibbering mouther that obeys the lich okay. yeah and, and if the party doesn't know this is going to happen that would really suck hmm. um but Again, if they do know yeah. it's going to show that's going to happen you know simple lesser restoration will solve the uh-huh. poison problem 100%. there's or, your action there's, 300 gp diamond as well you know well i mean uh, or the this the paladin can simply lay on hands done sure um it's it I mean it's again there's there's ways the out action, of action right sure i don't know i i think it's anything that k- kills you instantly it, especially if you don't telegraph it can be really dangerous um i think it's a cool idea like you oh but this is again you need to evoke that fear and you gotta like make them think oh my god sure. i could turn into a gibbering mouther instead of them realizing like oh, i think i think you're not going to just encounter a cr15 creature yeah, like uncharitable this here but without it being big part of the story and lots of lead up mm. to it then um, it uses on top of that it's like whisper twice which i think again it's like whisper is great i love things that do psych damage but uh-oh now you're stunned if you fail a dc 17 wisdom saving throw taking uh again another buttload 25 psychic damage um as incomprehensible whispers fill your mind so what i see happening potentially is the paladin runs up with the the fighter or the barbarian barbarian gets a little too close um and so he gets hit with the parasitic tentacle um maybe wouldn't fail the con save but let's say he falls fails the con save is poisoned hit with the psychic whisper most definitely probably doesn't succeed on the, the wisdom saving throw takes now has taken 75 damage um on average probably half his hit points at level cr 15 level 15 um and is now stunned um, until the end of the Lich's next turn, where it can do this all again to him before he can even react or try to get out of here. Um, on top of it, casting a spell, such as Lightning Bolt, that could do another 8d6. Uh, now that it's stunned, it's auto-failing, it's, it's whatever save. Um, or it Dimension Doors away and makes it physically impossible for the Barbarian to ever catch up. On top of that, it uses Psychic Whisper again on the 
the paladin that would have used his lay on hands to remove the, the the poison or the disease or whatever. I don't think they can remove poison. They were cleansing touch at that level, let's say. And it now also stuns him who fails the wisdom saving throw for another. Uh, in one turn, which you can do every turn, 100 points of damage, not even including the spell. It stuns two people. And if one of my players is not getting lucky, they die permanently and turn into a monster that now fights for my creature as well. In space, no one can hear you scream. It's tough. Well, it says that the, the irony is it says in in wild space, everyone can hear you scream. Do you see that line? No, it is. That's funny. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I don't know. I think there's again this monster really cool. I want to use it, but I just make a little tweak, a little, a little tweaks to it. Um, cool monster though. Is it? I mean, you sound like really upset about this. Like, I, no, I'm not. I, I don't care. Um, I you look in. These things are going to come out, and not everything here is going to be like anything in, in monster manuals and stuff. Everything that we like, um, but that's as that's a DM, the, yeah, you pick and choose how you you decide what you want to put in here. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like. I think you know. You, it's we've got to find things that are that sort of fill your you know inspiration with. And the right things for the right level of characters. I think the lore inspires um, me to no end. I love the idea of an Eldritch Lich. I just, there's some parts of the stat block that seem a little bit unfair sure. to me. And there's a lot of, in, like, let's just scroll through some of the more Eldritchy th- sort of things in here. Um, there are things that, I mean, are very kind of spacey, spooky things. The There's a, this year, this one I bet you're going to hate as well. How about a puppeteer parasite? This one actually doesn't, isn't actually that bad. Well, I mean, this does feel like something that can strip away player it agency. It sounds like that, but really, its whole thing is once per day, it can try and use it, like suggestion on you with a spell save DC of 13. Suggestion's a big spell, though. Second level spell. Well, I mean... Yeah, this is a CR3 creature. But it can ask it's, you... You can it give you a couple sentences of things to do, and the rest of your day is spent doing that. Sure. But again, rest of a day. It doesn't have any ability to dispel magic. It doesn't have any ability to stun you. All it does is attach to you, cast a gist on you, suddenly you're like, right? And you understand, like, this thing flying at your face, uh-oh. Um, hopefully any of my party members can kill this thing. Um, or, you know, I mean, that's what you're trying to hope, right? Suggestion is not my control. It's one command. If you, if it does damage to you again, I believe that also ends it, right? Or any, if any other, par- if, it, if it's charmed things try to hurt you, um, you, it can't ask you to hurt itself. Um. Yeah, if you damage the target, the spell ends, right? It can do this. You latch on, sure. It can't do the life drain once it's you know done this once per day. DC thirteen intelligence save. Uh, is it intelligence or no? It's no. So wisdom save. Um, but it's one or two sentences. Again, not mind control. That again, eight hours is a reasonable amount of time. It the creature itself also has to maintain concentration on this, right? Yeah, and it can't damage you or any of your friends. Yeah, I don't know. I I think it's it's definitely less egregious if it's this one per, once per day yeah. thing you can try and do. To but you. it's also it's only CR three, so you're throwing it at you know exactly at a lower level party, which you could still be messed with them if they didn't know it was there. Could be a fun little plot device. I love that instead of it being like it attaches to you and shuts you down completely, it clings to you and then just life drains you um, to regain hit points. Um, a significant amount of damage potentially um, and the grapple I think it's a cute little face how good idea without needing to do the whole gross you know slob thing of putting eggs in you yeah um, 
which we talked about recently. Um, another one that a bit further down that I just wanted to bring up, uh, partly because of it's got a, a thing about it that we don't see very often, which I'm not even sure we've really seen for real before. The Yggdrasti. I love it. Yeah, I, this is one of my favorite ones that also don't need to be. Did you see the size of it? Well, it's a part of Yggdrasil. That's the lore. Okay, but but have has there ever been a monster in D and D that's a listed gargantuan as plant. gargantuan before? Are you kidding me? Yes. Yeah, that's above huge gargantuan. Is that the? Yeah, Tarask gargantuan. Oh, Tiamat gargantuan. Oh, okay. I apologize. You thought this is one above? I feel like, I felt like this was like the way it was being described that it's one above that somehow. Yeah, it's 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 things don't get bigger than gargantuan okay phew all right yeah you're right absolutely what am i thinking um yeah that makes because for a second there i was thinking that they come up with a new size class well maybe it makes sense if you're like looking for planetary size threats rather than 20 by 20 threats yeah which um, i guess is i mean what i sort of was thinking as i was reading through the description of it um that it's sort of this big thing flying through wild space, the astral sea, um, almost like a small planet. Um, well, it's got cavities to hold creatures in it. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe there's like a, a point in the adventure where it comes up and you need to hide in its cavities, but none of its other features seem to put you in its cavities. At least I don't think it does. Well, and it, and this, you know, we, we, we're getting little hints of things here that are reminiscent of stuff. I remember from the, the two E one, um, terms like gravity plane um, for ships uh, was a big deal. Like you could have, like you could have a gravity plane that ran down the middle of the ship and like have a top half and a bottom half. And at like some point, as you crawl through the ship, you flip over. Like the gravity plane was where the gravity pulled everything down. So you always have gravity on board your ships. Um, and the Jurassic here it explains, you know, that it's got these different pockets that each have a gravity plane and an air envelope in it and. Um, Anyway, so anyways, mm. my, my um, I didn't read through all this way, but it, it seemed like it was going to be really, really big. Um, yeah, potentially. I mean, big enough to cast its own gravity field. I think potentially it could. Um, but I, I like the idea even for like other campaign settings that you just have this split off of the world tree. Again, your setting might not have a world tree, um, but I think it's just such a cute concept and paying to the lore of Yggdrasil and calling it Yggdrasti. Um, the other thing I like about it is it doesn't have a, like it can like try and like squeeze you with its roots, but it's the thing I like a lot about it is that um, it grapples everyone and then it can try and like if, if it takes lightning damage, it instead divides it amongst everyone it has grappled, um, which I think is cute. Um, also, then it lets it regain its lightning discharge, which which is its main sort of feature. Um, it shoots at one lightning, uh, one lightning at one creature within 120 feet. Has to make a deck save um, or take um, 31 uh, or 78 lightning damage. Again, better than lightning bolt would. Three per day. Again, one thing though, it can te could it technically not target itself? Doesn't say it has to see it. Just says within 120 feet of itself, one creature. It is one creature within 120 feet of itself. It could force itself to make a dexterity saving throw. Arguably, you could say it could choose to fail. Um, not very good at dex saves anyways. It's not a huge deal. Gain 
to take no damage and divide it evenly among all creatures it's grappling. So instead of having to focus fire one person, if you want to hit everyone it, you have grappled, you could turns it back into wave. onto itself and then like zaps it out through everybody. Divide on average thirty one between up to four creatures. Yeah, so this is a giant or flying electricity plant. I like it a lot. With little cavities that in its trunk that you know you could you can barrel and bore yeah. into. Sure. And each got little air pocket and gravity plane. I think it's cool. Um, um, I like the idea that it's not necessarily something that you have to fight right away, um, but that you could, you know, fight it until it, it, it is out of juice and out of electricity. And or you could and have some sort of um, some sort of clever psionic parasites living in those cavities. Oh, sure. That fly around in this thing, attach to your ship, and then board you. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the idea that it's like driftwood in the astral sea well, well you'd think it is right you're like oh it's just look it's like a big tumbleweed of the astral sea it's nothing to be worried about and then suddenly it moves towards you claps onto your ship and then out from these little cavities pop a whole bunch of space pirates mm. yeah I, I think it's, again, it doesn't even have to be psionic-y things. I know that's, is that kind of what it says in its lore? Well, but... I was just thinking, like, you know, how do you control all that? Anything oh, these sure, days, right? right? Yeah, a little bit psionics. Of... Yeah. And there's yeah. so much of that psionic-y stuff around with, you know, the illithid mind flayery type are out here. And actually many creatures in this space seem to have psionic powers, so. Mm. Are there any other ones with psionics? Oh, well, no, this is not a psionic one maybe but one that did almost remind me of a previous campaign i ran the nightmare beast where i'd thrown yeah. lots of huge and gargantuan monstrosities yeah. at my players um this thing is very similar stat block wise to them um for it has quite low hit points i noticed than many of the monsters i'm making or i made for that campaign um pretty general stats bad dexterity though um although typically they would have bad dexterity not a bad intelligence you think often my things would be intelligence one just beasts um, and it's also funny, it's called a Nightmare Beast, and it's not a beast, but whatever. Um, not too many legendary resistances. Again, I just ignore legendary resistances, so it doesn't matter. Siege Monster makes sense. <laughs> I'd see Siege Monster all the time. You can ignore um, the teleport twice per day as well. Oh, no, of course not. Teleport twice per day. That's a part of its feature. It's a, a 20, 120 feet. If it was like teleport spell anywhere I want to go, that would be like, oh my god. 120 feet, that's game-changing. It's, it's important for creatures like that that need to maneuver through t sometimes tight spaces that they need to have some sort of mobility option. And a teleport, whatever, it's cool. It's kind of science fantasy, right? Yeah, um, well, and how about the disintegration gaze? Okay, well, that one's a little bit, okay. Yeah, this is the thing you, you people, it's a nightmare beast because of this disintegration, you know, gaze. It's not a nightmare beast 70 because of force else. damage, boom. Straight up, again, DC 18 con save, not a deck save. Um, you target like, like a wizard with this? Yeah. This is or like a rogue. This is kind of a. I mean, this is a. It's a recharge five and six as the well. The idea of it is is that it's um, that this is a bit of a, uh, a siege beast, right? Like this could be a story where your, um, you know, your space pirate, you know, I, gang or a hold up someplace in a keep on some sort of planet or asteroid, and you just gotta wait for wait for the help cavalry to to arrive and then this thing is outside the gate you know bashing at your front door and you're like you know 
terrified that it's it's going to get through because it's doing yeah such again crazy it's got an insta disintegration move, right which is well i guess it's not technically insta kill um it's just if it kills you with 70 points of damage um literally the the, the disintegration spell i believe disintegrate is or it can even teleport past your doors couldn't it and just like yeah uh. boom um, oh it has to be able to see a space it can see so maybe well it could teleport up onto the wall right yeah yeah i don't know i like that it just it, it's the language to say anything it's wearing or carrying but i just think it's cute to imagine this creature wearing something i don't know it doesn't really seem like it like would a have a t-shirt anything. yeah it's just like some sort of like cute little i went t-shirt. to space and all i got was this lousy t-shirt sure um <laughs> i think this is also a fun introduction if you want to start your campaign setting with a horrific event um, and you see in the distance the nightmare beast disintegrating things to, like just from space out of nowhere yeah comes this massive creature um i think it's a potentially cool option um that you could play around with um what's another one that's it's a cute one i i like the fractine a lot um i think again doesn't have it could be well, any sort of magey you know um, superman movie thing where the mirror in space they lock the bad guys into the ghost you know, flying off it's sort of that sort of you know, it's a two-dimensional mm. creature that floats around through space, can act like a mirror, um, but can also imprison things inside it. Yeah. Which it, you can also use "descry," which I think is cute. Um, it, yeah, if you're friendly, if you want to be friendly with mm, it, it's it, not a swarm, but it can enter your it space. Doesn't seem to have languages though, so I'm not sure how you're getting friendly with it. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's it's as neutral. I think it's just something maybe to command. It seems like it's something that mages use to, hmm. you know, trap creatures. But its whole deal is is that sure it's got a, a hefty, you know, bit of force damage it can deal to you with a melee attack, um, to touch you with extra dimensionalness. Um, but its key thing is that it can imprison you, uh, force you to make a deck save or be imprisoned inside a demi plane. While you're inside, uh, you don't. There's no like chance of you starving, so there's no risk there. Um, but and also, you can't be harmed while inside, but you can't harm. Of course, you can't exit or things can't pass through it. Uh, it can only imprison one thing at a time. It can release it as a bonus action. And if it is killed, any creature inside is released instantly. So if you get trapped... You, you, you can plane shift out or you can use... Oh, of course. You know, Again, that's assuming you have High-level spells like that. Again, if your barbarian's trapped inside, not much they can do until you free him. I wouldn't... Again, this is not something that I would use for combat. Um, unless it's something that maybe the players have to like temporarily. I, deal I think with it's threats. far more. It's far more likely that you encounter one that has already imprisoned something, something inside of it already, right? And um, that uh, yeah. the negotiation happens with the creature inside it, less so the uh, the fracting itself. Mm. Uh, yeah, its reactions are also pretty deadly. Where it can, if it if anything takes damage, uh, so it deals damage to it, it can reflect it back on that creature, not equal to the damage it took, but uh, another hefty, almost fireball worth of force damage um, on a con save. And the other thing is you can split it. If if it has at least 10 hit points remaining, if it takes any bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing, or thunder, so if it has more than 10 hit points, at least 10 hit points. So if it's, it's super low, it's immune to this. It has to be large, so it can't keep splitting, 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 splitting. Um, but if it takes literally any, it splits. Um, maybe a good way to like set the fight off. The two new fractines occupy the space formerly occupied by the original, and each new fractine has hit points equal to half the original. Right? If the original had a creature trapped inside, a creature is released. Okay, there you go. Um, but of course, then two medium ones can now trap two creatures. I see this fight going down in a very 
um, cinematic way with someone like a minion coming up and shattering the the fracture or like maybe um some sort of npc that's helped the party quest through this dungeon into the end where this um old elder lich um elder lich has been trapped inside a frack you know um fracton that seemingly can't ask you know get out or plane shift out for some yeah. whatever reason um then in a betrayal splits the fracture in half with a bit of piercing damage um and forces the elder lich out two fractines now i think they it just leaves i don't i don't think it needs to stay but it serves a narrative purpose of being this thing oh it's safe don't worry we're safe it's in there you can ask it questions kaboom betrayal um shatters the the fractine elders lich escapes big fight there maybe if the players do super well they can get their own friendly little fractine to use for imprisoning other people and npcs they want to um there's my thought um i like it though i think it's a good a, a unique construct um, besides your general shield guardian, um, which again I think is cool. The the only stat blocking here that I'm really wishing they put in, which I didn't, it isn't, which I'm I'm assuming will be here when volume two of this comes out, is the, uh, you know, the gigantic space hamsters. Yeah, and I want a miniature version as well. I want to yeah, be able to have a miniature gigantic space hamster. They're in here. Um, uh, you know, the smallest thing they do offer us is the gadabout, which is kind mm. of like a butterfly with an air tank sort of. Pers- Buscus thing that comes out that proboscis anyways little like thing over your face that uh lets you breathe yeah lets you breathe in space and flies you around it's sort of the science fantasy answer to spacesuits i guess it is a spacesuit that allows you especially to fly say between two ships or something Mm. that couldn't maybe dock alongside each other or Or your barbarian who doesn't want to be a part of the ship combat that's just on the ship can now jump out into space wearing a gadaboot and scooch over to another uh, another ship and board it or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if you're again, I'd like to see a Furbolg play this, and you can talk to your Gadaboot. Um, Gadabout. Gadabout. I Gadabout? think it's probably Gadabout. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Gadabout. I said it in the Canadian way. Gadaboot. Uh, the other one eight, I think, is a really weird one. Um, I don't get this creature at all. Uh, the Goon Balloon. I think there's something about space clowns, and this may be a part of that. Yeah, it is. They, um, we're going to see space clowns. And I'm not sure why we're going to see space clowns, frankly. Um, it's kind of like a weird horror like side. I, I mean, it just makes sense. I don't know why they're doing it. But anyways, there may be reasons. It's probably one of the adventures. It's I don't know. It feels like a Chris Perkins thing. Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, it has a death burst, which is, you know, if you throw a horde of creatures with a death burst, well, I, I've never seen them trigger each other. That is an entire different discussion. But it, there's a point where it becomes like, oh, God, you know, I can't – I have to run away and hit these things. It changes sort of the game um, where you make its death more dangerous than the creature itself. Yeah, I've I've played in a few games lately, and I've been watching – well, in CR and Critical Role, we've seen this happening as well. There seems to be a little bit of a trend lately of people creating monsters that – Have a death burst? When Yeah, when they die, do more damage to everybody around them. Um I think it's which already cool. makes. I mean, we we've talked about Good this before. Minions. Melee melee combat is unfair to the. Those well, now who are your blade users it. are really happy. I suppose, but all your range all your range fighter attackers are getting off easy on these, mm-hmm. and range attack already gets off easy. True. Um, I don't think you should be punishing people up close like that so much. But. Well, I think it's a unique feature to make the minion slaying a little bit more thoughtful, right? That we shouldn't just kill everything we see. What is there another way we can just deal with this? Not that there is no other way to deal with it in D&D besides just killing something. 
Um, maybe you had a fractine on hand, but we don't all have fractines for the million little goon balloons they're going to throw at us. But I think it's a cute little... I imagine a, a space clown throwing a goon balloon at me. I think the cute little bonus action it has is to float 20 feet in the air without provoking opportunity attacks, where it can then use its scintillating eye at you. Yeah. Um, I, I think we need... I, I think, in, I mean, as players, the minute you see that there's a, a death burst of some sort... Um, you really have to get away. You have to get out of there, chase it, let them chase you into a space where they can't quite reach you maybe or something like that. And then, you know, just let your range attackers just pick them off from a distance. <clears throat> we, I, I've not seen a lot of good strategy by from players lately when having to deal with this. And it's... It can be really bad. It is really bad for the party. These death burst things are terrible for a party. So... Especially um, low level ones, they can yeah. eat away at hit points. So I think, I think it's, it's you, you know, we really as soon as they show like up, flat out bad. you've got to get your melee fighters away from these things and mm. play a little game of running around, have them chase you, not quite being able to catch you, and then you know, blow them up. Mm. Um, or if they choose to blow themselves up, I think then you really go, oh, I see. All right, the role well, of this thing is not for like it to stay. It's it's not no staying power on the board. It Maybe it's one him. hit and it yeah. blows up. Right, that's the point. Right. This thing is not a complex monster that you have to navigate its resistances. This thing you just you poke. In the, the the thing is, Goon Balloon has vulnerability to, to piercing damage. You literally poke it with a little stick, kaboom! It explodes with poison damage. Yeah. And or it, not, not actually no damage. It's just the poison condition, which I think is almost a more interesting way. If it was just a single turn, right? Ten foot radius, DC twelve con save, super easy, um, or be poisoned until the end of its next turn. I think that's. A great minion um, yeah. to throw at people, right? Be like, oh, get away from me, right? I don't really care. Don't get rid of its scintillating eye. Just make that like a weird, give it like really good true sight or something so you can't run away from the goon balloon or something. And you can just kick it away. Um, and that way it won't explode. Um, that's my thought. It's fun that it can't be knocked. It, it has a float feature to it. Mm. And uh, and when it's floating, it can't be knock prone. Yeah, that's cute. It's funny. It's like a little hoon balloon. You knock it down and floats back up again. I just imagine much of these floating in a room. They're scary looking. I love the art for these things. Yeah, um, not bad. Not bad at all. Anyways, I think that's our tour, uh, you know, our, our pre-tour of Spelljammer. Mm. Uh, it'll be out in August. Um, we'll talk and about it, it again then. And at that point, we will deep dive, dig into how it's working and my plans for a campaign, which I'm already starting now, will uh, will soon be in place. All right, folks. Uh, yeah, so check back next week and we'll... Uh, We'll get into some more uh, talk about what uh, what bugs Jack in uh, in Five E. There's not much that bugs me. There's just some assumptions we have that I think don't need to be true about the game. All right. Well, we will we'll dig deeper into that next week. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye.